All right, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter uh, 15. Why do you guys all? Why do you guys get all quiet? All of a sudden, man, man, somebody's got to shout me down tonight or something. Bada bing, bada boom. My, oh my. You there, Luke 15? Hey, next Thursday night, we will not be here. We will not be here. We got 250 of these GM at the Park cards, and we want you to pass them out to your friends. So if you go to South High School, we want you to take a bunch of these and pass them out to your friends. If you go to UAA, we want you to take a bunch of these and don't go to UAA because school's out already. <laughs> uh, if, if you go to service or if you went to service and you're old now, don't pass these out at service. People might think you're weird, creepy. If <laughs> no, if you go to a school... Hey, you know what's crazy? Next Thursday is the last day of school for you high schoolers still. And if you graduate, anybody graduate this week? Anybody graduate? We got some graduates. Come on, give it up for our graduates. My goodness. You guys put like a limit on how loud I can talk on this mic? I can sense that. I started yelling. It just blocked me off. Man, they, they know me too well. Come on, give it up for the graduates again. My gosh. And even if you got a GED, give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> I, I know some people. Okay, Luke 15. Luke 15. So, hey, the, the, on the back of this card, there's a map as well uh, to where we're at. So it's Abbott Loop Community Park. So it's ALCP. Not ALC. See? So Abbott Loop Community Park for the fifth time. Luke 15. Gosh. I'm really frustrated. Just can't deal with this anymore. Jesse, just can't deal with this anymore, dude. Just ticked. Done for. I'm going to post on Facebook how I hate everybody. All right. Hey, we just started a series last week. Last week, series, anybody know the series? The Unknown. We're talking about the unknown. So we're talking about the unknown. The un, the un, the uh, oh, got some of you. Got some of you. Unknown. Okay, verse one. And this is the first part. We're going to do three parts to this series. First part, we're talking about the lost sheep. The title of the message tonight, very simple, the lost sheep. Cool? Cool. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him. Who's him? To hear him. Who's him? And the Pharisees and scribes, who? Make sure you guys are there. I don't want to lose anybody. Okay. Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man, capital M, because he's the God man, receives, welcomes sinners. 
Come on. Shout me down, Sam. Welcome sinners and even eats with them. So, say so. Come on, say so. Say so. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, we read in verse 4 to verse 7, story, a parable of the lost sheep. What man of you, or woman, if you had a hundred sheep, if he or she loses one of them, then not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until, until, until he or she finds it. And when he or she has found it, she lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends. Hey! Sends a hay tail. If anybody knows what a hay tail is. Sends a hay tail. Hey! Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep, which was lost. And everybody say amen. Jesus says, so I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 righteous sheep. What does that look like? What does a righteous sheep look like? More than 99 righteous or those who need no repentance. Jesus was saying, and he, how about this? Jesus was not saying that there are people who need no repentance. Jesus was saying, you think you need no repentance. So, when one person repents and turns, there's a party in heaven. But for all you other people who don't think you need to repent, sad story. Let's pray. Help us, Lord. Congratulations, Megan Holland, for winning that game, wherever you are. Bless her, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, so much for pursuing us, for seeking us, for loving us, for leaving heaven to come to earth, to live a life for us and die a death in our place. Jesus, we honor you and we thank you tonight that you on earth hung out with sinners. And today you still hang out with us. And we're thankful for that. That you... Not only hang out with us, but you welcome us. Thank you, Lord. We're honored. We're humbled. We're privileged tonight. Teach us what it means to live out that ministry of the family. And just bless Megan for winning that game. I know she prayed all night last night about it and practiced real hard. Amen. Well, I'm excited about this series. It's going to be real fun. We're going to talk a lot about uh, hide-and-go-seek. We might even play. Hi, Brittany. Good to see you. We might even play hide-and-go-seek. Uh, no, we won't do that. That would be fun. I've played hide-and-go-seek in this room, and I have scars to show it. <laughs> For real. Kneecaps. Broke both of them. Okay, that's a lie. But if I did, wouldn't that be really cool? I broke both my kneecaps. Okay. Tough crowd. Hey, I have a friend who's here tonight. I have a few friends. <laughs> if you have not added me on Facebook as your friend, 
please, because I need some more friends. I'm just kidding. No, but if, I, if, if we are not friends on Facebook, we need to become friends. This is really important for the society and for this culture. We all need to be friends on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, I want to talk about my friend who's here tonight. He has a story for us to share. It's going to be a good story. And, uh, and my, you know, we'll almost introduce the guy. Solid man of God. He actually graduated from Heritage. He can, he can from Heritage, the school that doesn't exist anymore. Lord bless him. And uh, anyway, my friend Nate Miller. Nate Miller, come on, give it up for Nate Miller. Hey, I need a mic. I need a mic. I need another mic. I need another mic. Somebody. Anybody. You look good tonight, man. You're all tan and stuff. I'm just kidding. I'm going to try and come down on your level, bro. Yeah. All right, so go ahead and give him a mic. Nate's going to tell us a story. And uh, we're going to listen, be engaged. Nate, go ahead, bro, whenever you're ready, man. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'll, you want me to sit? Um, what do you want me to do, bro? You can sit down right there. Okay, That's I'll fine. sit right here. <laughs> um, now, I've told this story uh, many times to people, but I've never really told it as a testimony because I've left certain parts out, certain feelings out that I felt. But I'll share those feelings with you today. Um, but anyway, so back in February this year, February 2nd to be exact, um, I just, you know, laid in bed, had the day off, laid in bed, felt like I just wanted to go get away because I've been, been going through a rough time life and I just felt like I needed to go away. So I went, I went to the beach because that's, that's like my favorite spot to go to and I've done it several times. Um, so I, I was talking to a buddy that lived in California and I had said, hey, I'm going to head to the beach. I'll let you know when I'm back. Uh, it should be a couple hours. <clears throat> so I got down to the beach at about 3.30, and I hiked out about 200 yards on the ice. And during the winter, it's like a nice field. It's not flat and smooth. It's, you're climbing up over ice, and it's just a really beautiful place to be. And um, So I just, I, I just walked out there about 200 yards, and I just sat down. I was listening to music, and uh, I just lost track of time. And... I actually, over my music, I was hearing water pouring around me. And that's when I realized, I looked over, and water was pouring down into a low spot, and I realized that the tide was coming in. And that's when I immediately stood up, started running back to shore, you know, climbing over ice. And about 100 yards in, I come up to a rushing river. And it wasn't just a small river. It was, it was really wide. And I, I ran alongside it, and it was completely trapped me. I was completely cut off. And... Uh, I looked let me, at my let phone. me say something real quick, bro. Let me interrupt you. He's in Alaska. He's at Kincaid Park, the beach down there, right? Yep. And it's about 30 degrees. It's February. And we're talking about uh, Alaska ocean water. Okay? Okay. Thanks, bro. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I look at my phone. This is like miracle number one. Because down by the beach, you don't have service at all. And I had two bars. And I was like, I was in like, I was at the ocean. I was you know, and I had, I had two bars. My phone had been vibrating because it was on low battery already for like the past couple hours, and it had like, so I, I just, just called that one person because in my mind, I I cross this river, I get to the beach, get to my car, take a two minute drive, get home, get warm, I'm fine. 
So I think I called that person. I was like, hey, I'm in a bit of a situation. <laughs> I was like kind of laughing about it too, which is kind of sad. But I was like, I'm in a bit of a situation. If I don't call you in a couple hours, in like an hour and a half or by this time, then call another, call this person I was living with because uh, she'll know what to do. And which she was like a mother to me. And I knew that she would be the right person to call because she would send, you know, everybody if I needed them. Um, so called her. And then, you know, she'll, you know, just let them know I'm at the beach. And uh, so, you know, I hung up, shut the phone off, took my jacket off, wrapped it around my arm, and I jumped in. I couldn't feel the bottom at all. I could, the only thing I could feel was ice hitting my legs. And the current was actually pulling me under, so I had to use both arms. So my jacket was completely soaked, and it actually brought, pulled me under. I lost my hat. I lost my gloves. And I made it to the other side. Now I'm soaked. All I have is just a long sleeve shirt on. Um, and right now it's about 4:30. So I, I, I crawl. I pick myself up, start running back to shore again, and I run into another river. Jump right in, swim across, pull myself up. I look up. I'm about from here to the wall, from shore, and it's completely underwater. Um, so I was on just a line of ice. That was, you know, solid still, but it was breaking up. And uh, um, that's when I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was just yelling constantly, screaming, because yelling wasn't working. <laughs> um, and before too long, I was standing on one spot, just like this, because it was the highest point, and water had rushed over everything else. And I was just standing there. I couldn't move. I couldn't turn around, because I didn't want to lose my balance. And I just, water was slowly coming up. It was up to my ankles, and then it had made it up to my knees. And that's when it hit me. It was like, this is it. I'm like, this is it. This is, I'm dead. I was looking at the water. I'm thinking, no one's ever going to find me. No one's going to know what happened. And I thought to myself, my whole past had been coming up, you know, in my, in my head. <clears throat> and I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know if I'm going to hell. All I know is I don't know. Or I, I just didn't know anything. You know, it was just that fear just hit me. And it was an emotional moment because when I started, I was yelling for help, but then it turned into like a cry for help. And I was just, you know, I was like, I just, I don't know where I'm going. And um, then I look, and out of nowhere, I have no idea where it came from, but it's like eight by eight ice block came floating by and that was my chance so I jumped into the water swam over to it pulled myself up and for size it's like the top of that drum set you'd be like standing on top of there that's how big it was I pulled myself up and that one was drifting and it got stuck in between two other ones that were stationary so hopped onto one of those same size and that's when I started working out <laughs> and I was I was you know I was like on this, going to this, that, and I did that for like an hour, and then I did push-ups and jumping jacks. I was and rubbing my chest. I, you know, I didn't have gloves, didn't have a hat. All I had was a long sleeve shirt, still soaked. I, and then, uh, you know, the sun went down. It was nighttime, and you're just, you're just that feeling of being that close to shore, that close to safety, and it just, it was just not, it was just out of reach and. Helicopter flies by, 
doesn't see me. Air, you know, the airport's right there. It's just, you know, all these people are around, but yet I'm just so alone. And uh, so I'm still working out, and I figure, well, I'm just going to wait for the tide to go back out. And so I, when I didn't have anything left, I just crouched down into a little ball. I took my long sleeve, I wrapped it over my legs, tucked my head in, and that's when I was just breathing on my chest, rubbing my chest. I did that for a couple more hours. And then uh, <clears throat> finally I saw that the water was, you know, rippling over the mud past, you know, pretty close to shore. And I was like, this is it. So I'm gonna, I jumped back in the water. It was only up to my knees. I started running back to shore. I fell in a couple times. I made it to shore. And this is when it hit me again. I, when I got to shore, I had absolutely nothing left. My legs would not move. I was just standing there. I gave one more call for help, and there it was. There was a search team looking for me, and they had been looking for me for a couple hours. And I, I saw flashlights. I heard noises, and I kept calling. They kept saying, keep calling, keep calling. They made it to me. My stepdad was with them. He came up to me, and he was hugging me, telling me he loved me. He was so glad we found me. And I looked right at him, and I was... I was I don't know who you are. I was like, who are you? I didn't know who he was. And so anyway, the guy put me on his back, and they, you know, that's, I blacked out. Next thing I know, I was waking up in the ambulance, or just as they were putting me inside. They rushed me to the hospital, and they took my temperature. It was at 91. They said down by the beach, it was probably around 87 or something like that, because that's when you don't recognize faces and stuff. So, you know, yeah, and then, you know, I was just, my body made a very fast recovery. I was hanging out with Jonathan Kaylee the next day. I was out there for about six hours because they had found me about 10.30. And uh, that, you know, just, um, that's like, that's the story, but there's just so much more to it. I mean, um, you, want, you, want me, you want me to continue? Well, yeah, what, well, when you say there's so much more to it, what do you, uh, Come down with me, man. Come down, come down with me, so we can touch it. Isn't that a cr- crazy story? Hey, I want to say this too. You, you can stay facing. Hey, I want to say this too. You have to realize that it's not just water from here to there. You have to realize that this is ocean water. And most of us just think, "Oh, well, I just would have swam across." No, you wouldn't have. You would have died. You have to also realize that the Alaska tides are the fastest moving tides in the world. Okay. <laughs> So when he's saying that the current was pulling him under, he was literally saying the currents were pulling him under. And for him to even get across 20 feet of water was a miracle in and of itself. So what he didn't, one of the things he told me was that about 6 o'clock, after a couple hours went by, he was completely numb. He felt nothing in his entire body. And that, the reason why he was working out, he was trying to warm himself up, trying to get warm again, and nothing was working. He's doing push-ups on bare icebergs trying to heat himself up again. So he felt like... Um, this is it. I'm done for. It's pitch black. Sun went down in February about 6 o'clock or so. Yep. And so he sat out there in pitch black for four hours thinking that he was done for. So now that you're, I mean, what, what do you feel now? I and mean, what now that you're here and alive and all that, what do you feel now? Well, this is kind of where the testimony comes in because <clears throat> at first I was really thankful to God. I was like, you know, every day waking up, God, it's a beautiful day. Thank you so much. I'm still alive. And then you know, everything just changed. It went back to the way it was, just being miserable, being lonely, not having anybody, not doing anything, just working but being miserable and quiet, just alone. And that's when I was like, 
I was, you know, I was just in a dark place, and I, I was hating God for keeping me alive because it was so close to being somewhere else. And, uh, you know, it just, I just really struggled with being alone and, you know, not being good enough. I, I just, I felt like I wasn't good enough to still be alive. Um, like, I didn't deserve it. Um, I didn't want it. Um, I felt like, because my whole life I've just been pushing to be somebody else, to be somebody. I felt like that's what I had to do, was to, I had to pretend to be somebody else, to be somebody. And that was just making me miserable, because I just, I wanted that connection with my family, I wanted that connection with my brother, and it led me to do bad things, and it, you know, I was miserable, I was, I, I cut myself, I just drank, you know, and um, other stuff, but it was just, uh, it was a dark place for me, and I just really, I just really hated still being alive, and uh, God's really showing me from this experience um, who I am, because I've, over the years, I've been pretending to be somebody else, that I've completely lost who I was. And I'm starting to find out, you know, I'm starting to realize, you know, I'm good enough, I'm worthy enough, I'm, I'm remembering where, you know, who I came from, you know, who I am, and I'm good enough for myself, and that's what I struggled with. I just, I wanted to be me again. And I'm, 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 that's, that's what's happening, is I'm, I'm finding myself. Give it up for Nate. Give it up for Nate. What a story. Thanks for sharing that, bro. I know that was a vulnerable place for you. I really appreciate it. I'm finding myself, he said. That's probably the most important thing that we as humans can do is discover who we are. Crazy, crazy story. I'm, I'm so thankful, Nate, that you're here and you're alive. You know, that night, um, I think uh, Jonathan Millar, Kaylee Millar, uh, Pete Anks, and, and Jesse Meisner all went, and they were on their way because uh, they heard that he was missing. And so his family had, had uh, called and, and told his closest friends, said, hey, we don't, can't find Nate, and they thought he was probably at Kincaid, and they had heard something along those lines. And on their way there, they were thinking, oh, he's probably just running around, you know. And, and as they were come to a stop sign, an ambulance flew past them, and they realized this is more serious than we thought it was. That's, that's for Nate. And uh, uh, Nate would have died if he didn't make that phone call. He would have died. Uh, 88, 87 degrees, your body temperature, uh, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be alive. That's really cold. His blood sugar was 30. It should be around 70. His blood sugar was at 30 because he hadn't eaten. What did you eat that day? You hadn't eaten anything? You ate snow, which is the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> but he's alive. Come on, give it up for Nate again. A picture, a picture of, of mankind. I, I think Nate's story is really fitting for this series. 
one, I'm glad that he was able to share his heart and his testimony. And I mean in no way to joke about the story. Um, but at the same time, I want to use this real story that really happened, that pictures for us in some minute way what it looks like as mankind, as human beings. You have to realize that we were doomed. Uh, in some ways, it's not the same picture because the truth is the Bible says we were dead. We were dead. But in a lot of ways, the idea that Nate was completely alone and he was dying. He was dying. And nobody knew where he was. And an iceberg floated by. And then eventually he got to shore and somebody picked him up and carried him back to safety. And now he's alive today. You once were lost. You once were unknown. You once were dead. You had no way out. You had no escape. As a matter of fact, your cell phone didn't even work. You had no way of getting a hold of anybody. You were dead. And an iceberg floated by. This pathway of repentance back to God was brought to you. And your God made a rescue mission and sought you out and sought me out and discovered us and rescued us and brought us into his family and made us his children. We had no way. We had no hope. We had no way of justifying ourselves or qualifying ourselves to make us his children. We had nothing. And God sought us out. And he didn't just seek you out so you could be a part of a family. He sought you out so you'd be part of a family, but also that you'd be in the family business, which is seeking other people out. So you have to see yourself as one who is part of the search and rescue team. You have to see yourself as one who is in the family, but also part of a family that has been given a ministry to search out, to seek out those who are not part of the family. You have to see yourself as a team. You have to see yourself as, yes, an individual, as a child of God, but also as a family. And your mission and your calling is to trade your life, to look for those who have no hope, and to bring them into a family, to bring them to Christ. That's your calling. It's simple, but it costs your whole life. It costs all your selfish ambitions. But it's exactly and only what God asks of you, to trade your life, to be in his family, and to search for people. Crazy story. Jesus is telling a story about a man. Now, this is probably not a real story. This is probably just a parable like it is. He's just telling a parable of, of uh, what would somebody do? The guy, he has some sheep. Anybody have sheep? Seriously, anybody have sheep tonight? Apparently, Dominic has sheep. Are you lying? Oh. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. 
Brady knows people that have sheep. Anybody have brick? What about ore? Wood? Anybody? Okay. So. <laughs> I'll trade you a brick and a wood for a sheep and a wheat. That's horrible. Three sheep for an ore. Okay. I don't think anybody knows. Half the people don't even know what I'm talking about. If you've ever played Settlers of Catan, come on, get a shout out. Yes. Oh, that was amazing. I didn't know anybody knew that. He tells a story about a man who had some sheep, and he realized one of the sheep that was supposed to be there wasn't there. So he leaves the 99, and he goes and looks for that one lonely sheep. This sheep, you must understand, probably wandered through the mountains. It wasn't a sheep that was dancing around. It was lost. Probably hadn't eaten. Probably had some bruises or something. The reason why I say that is because the man picks up the sheep, puts it on its shoulder, and carries it all the way back to the sheepfold. I'm talking about whose. You ever seen Horton Hears a Who? I'm going to try and watch that movie this weekend. But I'm talking about the who's that should be here. Listen to me. I'm talking about the who's that should be in the group that you spend most of your time with. I'm talking about your group. When I say your group, you know what I'm talking about. You think about the people that are closest to you. You have your, your people on Facebook, but then you have your favorites. I'm talking about your core. I'm talking about even this. But more importantly, I'm talking about you as an individual and the individual people that you spend most of your time with. And I'm talking about the who's that should be in that group that are not in that group because you have allowed them to stray away. Maybe because they don't believe the same things you believe anymore. Maybe because they don't live the same lifestyle that you live. I don't know what your reason is. We have many reasons. But I'm talking about those people that should be a part of your circle, your close circle of influence. And I'm telling you that you are supposed to find that person. Well, what do you mean? I I see him all the time. That's my point. You see him all the time, but you don't know who they are. Well, I used to know who they are. That's my point. Listen to me. Think about you as an individual. Think about the group that you are with and that you spend most of your time with. And ask yourself, who should be with this group? Who should I? Well, Gabriel, there's so many. I understand that, but I'm just talking about one right now. Because Jesus used this analogy to talk about just one sheep, just one coin, Just one son. Don't get overwhelmed with the many. Just think about that one. And until you find that one, don't stop looking. And when I say looking, I'm not saying you find them physically. I'm saying you find them emotionally. You find them relationally. You find them spiritually. You with me? I'm talking about coming to know who they are. There are so many lost sheep that go to school with you. There are so many lost sheep that are in your family. 
I'm talking about them. I'm talking about those who should be close to you. You know, I remember when I was little, a little bit, a little bit I know about when I was little. I do this thing, and the reason why I remember this is because when my cousins do it and when my nieces do it, it reminds me of what I used to do. One of the things I used to do, and I think all of us did it, is we'd run up to somebody who's older than us, and we would tag them and run away and hope that they would run after us. Andrew does it to me all the time. So does Lacey. We work together, and she, I'm like, Lacey, get back to work. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm totally serious. Just don't tell her. But I, but I used to do this, and some of us still do this. It's kind of weird. Don't do it. Some of you, this is probably your biggest problem with your relationships. I'm not giving you tips on how to date, but seriously. You haven't called me all day. This life sucks. No, you're just insecure. You need to get over yourself. Anyway, but when I was a kid, I used to do that. How many see kids do that all the time? You know why we do that? Because there's this innocent cry in our heart. Gabriel, I don't do that anymore. Yes, you do. You still do it. You just don't know it. You may not do it physically, but you do it emotionally, relationally, and spiritually, and you, don't, you will never stop doing it because you desire one of your greatest yearnings and desires of your heart is for somebody to look for you. Another thing we do is we go hide. We wait for somebody to find us. Why? Because we want so bad that somebody would give up their temporary concern and come find me. And when they find us, we go, oh, gosh, that was the best feeling all day. You know that feeling? When somebody's been trying to get a hold of you all day, not the person you can't stand, but the person that you want to try to get a hold of you, and you go, man, they actually were looking for me. You know that feeling? I'm talking about that kind of feeling. Why do we have that feeling? Because we so bad more than anything just want to be looked for. We want to be discovered. We want to be known. We want to be sought out. We want somebody to put down what they're doing and look for us. What is Jesus telling us? He's telling us that's what a man does with his sheep. And Jesus is saying, that's what I'm doing with these sinners. I'm giving up heaven to come to earth to seek out some men because they need to be discovered. They need to be found. And once they're found and once they're discovered, put them on a mission. And they'll discover this world. And because of that, we stand here in the United States of America in Anchorage, Alaska, in a church because God came to earth and sought out some men who sought out some other men who sought out some other men. And now we sit here today because God has sought us out. And you've been sought out by somebody. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't. Who are you sitting with? Who are you not sitting with that invited you maybe six years ago, five years ago, three months ago? Somebody sought you out. And that's why you're here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about that. This idea that I really, really want to be looked for. And I'm challenging you. To look for somebody. You know the crazy thing is. Most of us in here. Are still undiscovered. <sighs> Thanks man. Most of us. Are still. Unknown. Don't wait. Listen. Listen. Don't wait to be known. Go look for somebody. 
You know, the truth is, you should be, the way it should be, is that you should be sought out until you are known. I love this word. It says, it says, He leaves the 99 in the wilderness and goes after the one which he lost until he finds it. What does it look like to be found? It doesn't just mean you have a connection with somebody. It doesn't just mean you get a number. It doesn't just mean, listen, because I'm challenging most, I'm challenging all of us tonight. Because this challenges me. It doesn't just mean you get a friend on Facebook. It doesn't just mean you shake their hand and give them a nice smile. I'm talking about including them into your life. I'm talking about putting them on your emotional and your relational shoulders and carrying them back to a place of family. I'm talking about carrying the burden of Jesus and seeking people out and bring them into your life. Until they find themselves as one of us. I challenge you. Because this is your calling. And if you're not doing this and you're caught up with a bunch of what? Then your life is worthless. But until you get caught up with those who's. That are not a part of your circle. You're wasting your time. And you're wasting your life. God is not, God is not concerned with all the things that you do. He begins to get concerned and begins to speak to you more clearly. When you ask the question, God, who should I go find to bring aggressively and intentionally and relentlessly into my circle? I'm going to have them over. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to get their number, and I'm not just going to get their number. I'm going to call them. Don't get somebody's number and tell them you're going to call them if you're not going to. It's like, it'd be like that man walk up to that sheet and be like, oh, I found you. You look good, dog. Peace. That's stupid. Jesus says, what man doesn't pick up the sheep, put them on his shoulder, and carry them back to what? To the sheepfold. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about including them into your life, living life with them, crying, laughing, dancing, singing. Eating food, getting coffee with them, and listening to them and telling them your heart until they know everything about you and you know everything about them. And until you do that and you love them in that, you have not brought them back in. <sighs> Talking to you and you and you and me. Talking to us. I'm saying simply, who's that lost sheep? I'm not talking, listen, listen. I'm not necessarily talking about those here tonight. I'm talking about those who are not here tonight. Yeah, but they're sinners. Yeah, so are you. So are you. We've just been declared righteous. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything he's done. I've been saved by works, the works of Jesus. You're a sinner, but you're also righteous, and you're a child of God, and you're his favorite, and he forever adores you, and he desires that you would go bring other people into that place of life. Amen? So I ask you a question tonight, and the Lord would ask you a question tonight. Who is the lost sheep in your life? that you should be looking for.
Who is not here? Listen, last thing. Just one. I just, I want to emphasize this as we close. Just one. I'm not asking you to go look for 15 people. Listen. Just one. And until you find him, her, and bring them into your life, then say, hey, look, we got some other people we got to look for too. And then we go look for some others. But just one. Just look for that one. Would you stand with me? I'm talking about the who that is not here, the who that is not around, the who that is not normally seen, or the who that used to be here. The who that used to be here. Who is the who that used to be here that isn't anymore? I'm talking about him. I'm talking about her. I'm talking about that individual. Amen? You say this with me? I will seek out a who. You do that. Listen, you do that, and you will sense God's closeness and his presence more and more. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, tonight we thank you so much for your love and your kindness for us. God, I thank you that I was one who wasn't included, and you included me. God, I was like that lost sheep. I was like Nate. And an iceberg floated by in my life. A friend, somebody. And somehow I discovered you. Really, God, you found me. And Lord, I pray for every person here. I pray for every young person and every old person alike. All of us, God, I pray for us. That we would look for those who should be here. Those lost sheep. God, I pray that you would show us those who's. That individual person that we're called to bring into the family, that we're called to seek out until we find them and bring them into this family. Help us, God. It's the family business. Teach us how it goes because we're desperate. I bless your people. I thank you for us, all of us. You've called us and you've made us your children. In Jesus' name, amen.